Welcome to the program. Good to have you along. You know, the symptoms of coronavirus, there are numerous symptoms of the infection. Uh, You know, it first was uh, we were being warned, uh, fever and flu-like symptoms. Now, some of the symptoms include loss of taste and smell. Uh, Of course, chills are another symptom. Uh, Fatigue is a symptom. Hearing about it actually affecting the skin. Uh, There are dermatologists that have dubbed this COVID toes and hands here to talk about it. We are joined by uh, Dr. Julia Carroll, board certified dermatologist and lecturer at U of T. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carroll. Good to have you on. Great to be on. So uh, now COVID, uh, the COVID infection is showing up in the hands and feet. Can you tell us, describe uh, how so? Right. So we're calling it COVID toes. And, you know, we do see this um, type of rash or these symptoms with other conditions. And so at first, I think we didn't really put it together um, because you can see these little bumps and uh, painful little areas on the fingertips and on the on the toes. It usually happens in with exposure to cold. So a lot of people, I think, had put it up to people maybe being at home barefoot. But then as a community of dermatologists, we've started to talk about it. And it doesn't make sense in the current weather. And so, you know, we feel, and we see it being passed from one family member to another, multiple people having it. And so um, that's part of the reason why we've associated it with, with COVID, because it's a new phenomenon. So when you talk about um, little bumps, are they, you know, are they like a blister? What, what, what are the, specifically no, do the bumps look like? They're deeper under the skin, so it, it, it just feels like a painful swelling under the skin. You might see a little bit of redness. It comes from inflammation of the blood vessels, and like, like I said, it can be seen on its own. It can be seen with viruses, um, and uh, yeah, so it's called, in other situations, it's called pernio or chilblains. And I understand that they're associated with cold weather normally. Normally, yeah, and you can see it in like Dickens writes about it in some of in some of his uh, his books. So, it showing up in the skin is nothing is something that people did not anticipate. Although, as you say, sometimes viruses present this way. Are there any other other kinds of uh, rashes that you're noticing um, with regard to COVID nineteen patients? Well, we've seen generalized rashes that, again, we can't say like for sure that they're corona, but there's some really specific virus rashes that you see, like you'll see it's very, like chickenpox is a type of virus rash, but then we see something called a viral exanthem, which can be just a very non-specific red rash that you can get. It usually starts at the top of the body and kind of works its way down. So we have seen that, but the problem is, is that, you know, most of our patients, even these patients that we're seeing with so-called COVID toes, we're not able to get them tested. So we can't definitively link mm. things together. And even if we, you know, the people that I've seen now to go back, I can't get them antibody tested, which is, you know, the thing that we all really need. Um, and so, again, without that testing, I can't be sure what is corona specific and what is just, you know, viruses are still flying around the communities right now, um, you know, on non-COVID viruses. So until we have the, uh, the ability to test these patients when they're symptomatic or test them afterwards to see if they were exposed, we can't be definitive about it. Are, are they showing any other symptoms of COVID-19 or is it just the COVID toes and, and, and feet or and, so. and hands rather? Some of them have flu-like symptoms and others don't. I think that now people are recognizing that maybe they've, they've seen these patients in their, we're doing a lot of virtual medicine right now, so they might have seen them in their virtual practices and didn't 
at that point, we hadn't heard this COVID toes or it hadn't been published yet. And so, you know, then we have to go back retrospectively to those patients and say, you know, did you have any flu-like symptoms? Because that wasn't coming up initially. And are you advising these patients, people that have COVID toes, are you saying um, just assume you're COVID-19 positive and stay at home, quarantine yourself uh, for the full two weeks? Well, I'm trying to get my patients tested, but it's not been right. easy because they don't meet the traditional criteria. Um, so um, I haven't seen, since this has kind of come out, I haven't seen a patient like in the past week. Um, but um, as a community, that's probably not a bad suggestion for the patients. I mean, people should be isolating anyway right now. How often are you seeing these COVID toes? So I've only seen one case. My practice partner has seen one, maybe two cases, but as a community, you know, we're all in touch on, uh, you know, email and WhatsApp groups. And um, I think yesterday, a group that I'm associated with, there was maybe four other dermatologists um, in Ontario that had reported uh, seeing what they thought were COVID toes. So we can't for sure say they're COVID toes, just to be clear. Right. Because and you're virtual. <laughs> It, well, it, I, because we can't, we can't until, you know, until we can do a test and, right. you know, then we, you know, we can say it looks like COVID toes, but there's lots of things that can cause this eruption. So until we can, you know, in a, like a timely manner, connect a positive COVID test to the toes, we can't say that they're COVID toes. How frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> the um, lack of let's... testing all around is very frustrating. I'm spending way too much time online, as many people are, but, you know, um, looking for uh, things to talk about on the program and, and things that look interesting. And so I, I don't know if you've seen this story, but there was a report out of China that um, two patients, they actually had the skin all over their bodies turned a very dark color. Oh, you know what? I, did, I haven't seen that one yet, but uh, it's hard to imagine what, you know, how a virus would do that. Right. Possibly a treatment, like a treatment that they were trying for the virus might have done it. But I, it's hard to I don't can't comment because I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I just brought it up because I thought, you know, that it, it did seem an, unusual to me. But I wondered if there was any uh, any other uh, documentation of, of skin problems associated with COVID-19 where, you know, the skin had been darkened. But right yeah, now, as it stands, you're. Yeah, I haven't heard the darkening, but there's, there are some treatments that can cause darkening. So that's what I'm wondering, if they just kind of threw some out there treatments at the patients desperately, and maybe that's what happened. I'll look it up. In, entirely possible. And, you know, it's hard to trust everything that's coming out of China these days. Yeah. Uh, you really have to look at it and, you know, question mark uh, everything that you come across. But I do appreciate your time with, with uh, talking about COVID toes. It's been informative, and uh, I hope that we start, you know, making those tests available. I do know that... They are getting the antibody tests out there. At least uh, we have spoken to a few companies that are making them and the government has already ordered them. So hopefully you'll see them soon. Yeah, that's going to make a big difference. And just so everyone know, there, you know, there's a lot of us as dermatologists, we're online, we're doing virtual medicine. We're still treating a lot of patients. So if people have concerns, um, we're here to help. Is that difficult as a dermatologist or are you actually... Um, you know, a, a little bit, uh, you know, does it, does it lean in your favor because a lot of your work is done visually? You know, a lot of us have been doing virtual dermatology uh, for quite some time. Like I've had 
virtual dermatology as a part of my practice for over three years now. The difference is that, you know, the government has loosened up some of the funding and made it uh, made it so there's not so many um, hoops for people to jump through. Um, so, yeah, as dermatologists, I, I find it not that difficult. So we've, you know, we, it took us a few weeks with the volume to get the right kind of recipe and how we set patients up, where we tell them to sit, the kind of photos we ask for. Um, but there's a lot of things that lend themselves very well to virtual dermatology dermatology. We're doing a lot of acne, you know, single lesions. Obviously, I can't do a mole check on somebody, Um, but, you know, follow-ups from medications. um, You know, I still miss my patients and and seeing them in person, though. Well, I would imagine there's also, uh, you know, some... some, dermatological uh, dermatological problems, there's raised skin, so you actually have to kind of touch it. Yeah, we uh, we always say when we're teaching our residents that, you know, you, you see with your fingers as well as with your eyes, so you're absolutely right there. And then we do a lot of surgery, skin cancer surgery, biopsies, and so obviously those are things that at this point we still can't do virtually. I appreciate your time, Dr. Carroll. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Have a great day.